the Dragonlance Nexus is proud to present the Dragonlance Canticle. Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Champions of Crit. My name is Megan, and I will be your dungeon master as we explore the world of Dragonlance and discover a lost story of the tumultuous years following the War of the Lance. Champions of Crint is a first-level, fifth-edition adventure for the Dragonlance setting created by the Dragonlance Nexus at dragonlancenexus.com. If you want to follow us on social media, you can also find us at facebook.com slash dragonlance, youtube.com slash dragonlance, and on Twitter at dlnexus. Before we begin, let's do a quick recap of the last episode. We began in Eastern Salamnia, a year after the victory over the Dark Queen in Naraka where the Knights of Salamnia have established a series of outposts to keep order in the territory between Salamnia and Naraka. It's becoming increasingly apparent that these outposts may not hold out for long, especially now that a hobgoblin warlord has taken over the city of Throttle. The villages fear draconian attack, and the roads are dangerous. Three of our adventurers, Kyrus the Minotaur, Alisane the Wizardess, and Leander the Sorcerer, met up with Sir Carl Gardson of the Salamnic Knights to investigate the strength of the Throttle Outpost. They were joined by two travelers, Vidalia the Kender Bard and a Sivak Draconian named Velzelik, currently using his shapeshift ability to masquerade as a human named Zell. Along the way, the party chanced upon a merchant caravan under attack by Draconian bandits. Our heroes managed to defeat the Draconians, but not before the Draconians absconded with the stolen treasure party also discovered a letter written by a knight named Sir Larsent to his brother. Sir Larsent referenced a clutch of good dragon eggs which had been stolen by the Dark Queen's forces but never recovered. He also described how the outpost commandant, Sir Brenton Silverlance, has been sending patrols ranging far and wide and many have not returned. Sir Larsent is beginning to doubt the commandant's ability to lead. Based on this information, the party suspects that what the draconian bandits may have stolen may in fact be a metallic dragon egg. Upon reaching the Throttle Outpost, the party met the Commandant, Sir Brenton Silverlance, who offered refuge in his outpost for the night. Drawing close to the Commandant, however, Velzelig realized that this man is not a knight at all, but another Sivak Draconian in disguise. Sir Brenton likewise recognized Velzelig for what he truly is. And now let's meet our cast. Deanna, why don't you go first? Hi, I'm Deanna. My pronouns are she, her. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Deanna Writes Inc. And I am playing Vidalia, the Kender Bard. Thank you. And Lucy? Hey, everybody. I'm Lucy, pronouns she, her. My Twitter is at ImpalaLucien if you want to give me a follow. And I play Velzelig, the Sivak Draconian Paladin. Excellent. And Morgan? Hi, I'm Morgan. Uh, pronouns are they, them. And I'll be playing Leander, the Human Sorcerer. And Rachel? Yes. Hi, I am uh, Rachel. Um, you can find me at Rachel underscore Delphia at Twitter. Um, and I am playing Alice Sane, the Qualanesti wizard. Okay. And Brian. Hi, my name is Brian. Uh, pronouns he, him, uh, playing Kyrus de Brigon, the Minotaur fighter and Squire of Salamnia. And I, last but not least, am Megan. Pronouns she, her. And you can find me on Twitter at Miss Megan J. And I'm going to be your dungeon master. So here we go. It's around noon on an early spring day when the caravan arrives back at the throttle outpost, having only left recently before coming under attack. Kyrus, Alisane, and Leander, you follow behind Sir Carl as he walks alongside Julian Foss, the caravan master, 
as well as his son, Torin. And Val and Kyrus, I want you both to give me perception checks. Okay. Okay. Since you're the soldiers, you're the soldiers, you're used to military outposts. So let's see what you Ooh. pick up. Val got 22. Plus zero perception, so 19. Okay, excellent. You both got great roll. So uh, you both notice that there is a grim mood all around you. You notice that the outpost is strangely deserted and quiet for a military outpost. Really, the only sound you hear besides the occasional humming of crickets or the song of birds is the sound of a hammer striking an anvil at the blacksmith shop. There's a few young knights that you can see uh, that are keeping guard, but they all looked exhausted as if they've been doing double duty recently. Um, there are not enough men to keep the outpost clean and organized. The garbage is piling up and you can see hungry dogs wandering about a, a camp in disarray. Velzelig, if you've only been with Draconians, um, maybe this is, I mean, this is probably, this is probably bad even for Draconians, maybe more like hobgoblins. Um, but Kyrus, having worked for, or having been a part of the Knights of Salamnia, you know that this is very, very disorganized, very un, unlike the Knights of Salamnia. Hmm. Uh, Vel and Vidalia, Sir Carl turns to you and say, thank you for helping to defend the caravan last night. Here's a little something for your assistance. Uh, he hands Vidalia 10 steel pieces. If you'll remember, steel is like gold in this world. And he says to you, I hope our paths will cross again sometime. Take care. That's too kind of you, but thank you. I do hope our paths will cross again. Uh, Vel Velig just nods, being quite distracted by everything that's happening at the moment. So there is uh, an inn here at the outpost, a small sort of modest functional inn. It's called the Knight's Rest Inn, Knight with a K, being very clever. So <laughs> if you guys are looking for somewhere to hold up for the time being and to gather yourselves, well, Vel, you especially want to gather yourself, that would be the place to go. There's a tavern as well called the Broken Shield Tavern. If you'd prefer just to drink your troubles away, I suppose that's that's a viable option as well. Do you think we ought to see about getting a room for the night, Zell? Yes, I I do, and I have something that I need to discuss with you in private. Vidalia will give him a very concerned look before heading toward the night's rest. Okay, so you head towards the night's rest inn. Uh, it's one of the larger buildings in the outpost. It's sort of what it sets it apart from the other buildings. Um, but it's built from the same rough-hewn logs. Um, there's a door in the front um, that leads to the main common room. And as you push open this well-used door and step inside, you see a gnomish woman standing up on a stool behind a counter. Um, she's a, a plump gnome woman, and she looks like maybe, uh, as far as humans go, maybe she's in her 50s. She's got the sort of salt and pepper hair tied back in a bun. She's got a pleasantly welcoming face, and she greets you as you enter and says, Hello, hello, welcome. How may I assist you? My name is Rosalita. Welcome to the night's rest. Thank you. Uh, it's lovely to meet you, Rosalita. Do you, by any chance, have a room uh, with two beds for my friend and I? Oh, uh, we have plenty of rooms. Absolutely. It'll be uh, it'll be five silvers each for the night. Is that okay? I can handle that. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, just follow me, she says, and she leads you up the stairs uh, towards the end of a hall where there is a um, one of the larger rooms big enough to accommodate two small beds or two. I guess it's a big bed for big bed for uh, Vidalia, but two regular human sized beds. Let's put it that way. 
Um, and she lets you know, if you need anything, just, just give a holler. I'll be downstairs. And she I'll be sure. Off. Sorry, you can say goodbye to her if you want. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rude now. Uh, <laughs> Vidalia will close and lock the door before turning to Val and saying, all right, you seem in a right state. What do you need to talk about? So before Val says anything, he just wants to check to see if there is anything suspicious in the room or he's just, he's feeling very paranoid right now. So uh, would that be investigation or another perception check? No, investigation is fine. Uh, 13. You find a secret recording device implanted in the telephone. I knew it. (laughs) No, just kidding. You don't find anything suspicious. It's just a just an ordinary an ordinary plain room. Okay, cool. Thank you. All right. So he quickly goes around and just sort of like taps at the the wooden panels on the wall until satisfied, and then we'll turn to Vidalia. And uh, that uh, that night, Sir Brenton is not what he appears. In what way? I don't know that we've exchanged too many words with him. I don't need to exchange words with him. He's like me, and he gives you a meaningful look. Her eyes go wide, and she just nods slowly. Ah, I see. That's uh, certainly something to be concerned about. At this time in the war, Draconians, or this time following the war, Draconians and Knights of Salamnia are basically mortal enemies. So for there to be a Draconian in disguise running an outpost of Knights of Salamnia, that is basically having a powder keg in their ranks. Would it be appropriate then for him to come to the conclusion that this is some sort of deliberate thing to kind of... um sort of slowly just sort of undermine or destroy this this outpost. Why don't you give me an insight check for that? Oh, ten. <laughs> ten. Um, so you, you don't really ascertain anything about why he would be doing this, whether it's for evil motives or not. I mean, you're you're masquerading as a human and you're not, strictly speaking, evil. Yeah. But you just don't know. You don't have enough. You haven't, you've only interacted with him for a few words, so. You don't have enough to go on, but he gave you a pretty fierce look that says, don't blow his cover. Mm. Okay. Um, So Vel is going to sort of have a bit of a a think for a moment. And then uh, again, says to Vidalia, the expression that he gave me, if I say anything, if I reveal who he truly is, he will do the same to me. We can leave, or we can stay, try to find out what's happening, and I don't I don't know what to do. As easy as it could be to just walk away right now, I don't know that I would feel good about it. I don't like the idea of someone being in charge when I don't think they have the best motives for doing so. It is likely that his motives are not particularly good aligned, but I don't think that we can... I don't think we can make a difference, just the two of us. 
and she pauses and tilts her head, touches her chin a bit. No, not just the two of us. Okay, and that's a good that's a good transition. <laughs> I was I was trying to give you the segue. <laughs> you know, that's perfect. <laughs> After the party splits, caravan master Julian gives the knights and the mages a quick tour of the outpost, showing you the barracks, the broken shield tavern, the knights rest in, Lambert's Mercantile, the uh, the general store, the blacksmith's shop, and the modest Temple of Paladine, uh, as well as the Commandant's office. Afterwards, uh, Julian says to you, I should be attending to the caravan. If you need anything else, just holler for my son Torin here. And he pats his son on the shoulder. Uh, his son is about 13 years old. And he'll come help. And with that, the man and his son take their leave. Uh, speaking to Alisane and Leander, Sir Carl says, The officer's quarters will suffice for me. Um, I imagine the three of you will want to stay at the inn. I know how you sorcerers need your peace and quiet, and Kyrus can keep an eye on both of you. Let's meet at the Broken Shield Tavern at sundown. We'll have dinner and discuss our plans. In the meantime, keep your eyes and ears open. Something is amiss here, and we need to get to the bottom of it. Here's a few steel pieces in case you need to resupply. And he hands each of you 15 steel pieces. Thank you. And the three of you watch Sir Carl depart towards the officer's quarters. Alisane, you suffered a serious abdominal wound last night during the Draconian Raid. And thanks to D&D logic, one night's rest was all you needed to fully recover. But what kind of psychological impact did it have on Alisane? So Alisane is uncomfortable, will be the word. She seems a little, like, off-kilter, perhaps. Um, a little odd. Coming so close to death, that suddenly was a big deal to her. <laughs> It seems to me Alisane is a kind of a uh, has led kind of a sheltered life. Seems like she's yeah. a little bit a little bit bookish, so I imagine getting stabbed in the abdomen isn't something that she's used to. Oh yeah, no, absolutely not. That was uh exactly like the last thing that she was thinking would happen to her. So, um yeah. And Leander, how are you feeling about having seen your partner here? Uh your partner in magic wounded in such a way? You kept your cool remarkably well. Well, you know, mom raised me right. Put a, put the, the, how do I even put this? Put the fear of God in you. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> except how do I put that in magic terms? <laughs> Beat you with a wooden spoon. Told you to act right. She, she trained me. She trained me in the ways of magic and I've seen some shit, so. So Alisane, Leander, and Kyrus. The three of you head together um, to the Night's Rest Inn, the same inn where Vidalia and Vel are currently holed up, currently having their conversation about the strange goings-on here at the outpost. And as you step inside the inn, you see little Rosalita, the, uh, the gnome woman behind the counter. She says, oh, more customers. Wow. Caravan must have just got in. I thought, I thought they were leaving. I thought they left yesterday, didn't they? What are they doing back so soon? Uh, there was an attack on that caravan. Oh my goodness. Was it Draconians? Uh, yes. Oh my, oh my. Terrible. Terrible what's been going on recently. I feel like these Draconian raids are just getting worse and worse. The roads aren't safe anymore. Apparently not. The knights used to, used to patrol these roads and keep them safe from, from raiders and bandits, but I don't know. I don't know where the commandant has been sending all the knights lately. 
I feel like uh, coming into the inn, Kairos is, I don't know if he's too tall or perhaps a bit wide for the door, but I imagine him kind of, you know, having to position himself to get through the door. Yes, as we were entering, I noticed this place looks to be in a state of, not to be rude, disrepair uh, and understaffed. Um, is there any insights you can give into the situation? We are new here. She says, well, to be honest, I don't keep up with the workings of, of the knights themselves. I'm just, I'm just here to take care of the people who come through. But if you wanted a little more information, you might want to speak to the blacksmith. He was, he was good friends with, uh, Sir Larson Strangborn. That's the commandant's second in command. Sir Larson was sent off on, on a patrol mission recently and, and he hasn't returned. But I think the, if anybody's going to know, if anybody's going to have any insight, it might be him. That's where I would, that's where I would start if you're looking to find out more. Unless you want to just go to the commandant himself, but he's been a little out of sorts recently. I really appreciate your insight into the matter. I will make a note to speak with the blacksmith. Will you be needing rooms for the night? Three of you? I don't think I have a room big enough for all three of you. No, it's fine. We are from the tower. And um, yeah, I'm expecting some kind of discount. A discount? A mage's mm-hmm. discount? Yeah, of course. Oh, I- I'm sorry. There is no mage's discount. Wow, that's disappointing. Okay. And I imagine that I may have lodgings in the barracks. Alisane is just going to stare at Leander pointedly. How many rooms do you have? Uh, we have one one that's already been taken. A, a man and a a man and a kender came in um, not not too long ago. I've set them up with a room at the end of the hall, um, and I have three more rooms. I think uh, I think I have one one big enough for you, uh, Sir Minotaur. And she gestures to, or she she bows to Kyrus and says, "I." Uh, I have a room that's big enough for you and, and you don't need to stay at the barracks. You, you can stay here. You know, I actually, I have a special discount for Minotaurs. You can have 50% off. <laughs> he's, uh, <I> <laughs> he, he's kind of taken aback, especially with the, uh, um, energy at which she's selling this room. I greatly appreciate it. Um, I didn't realize there was, a discount for my kind, but um, your generosity is most appreciated, and I would be happy to take you up on the offer. And she she bows to you and says, I have a deep and abiding respect for the Minotaurs. My my father was a sailor. He was he was the captain of one of the very first gnome steamships. And they sent out on the, the Blood Sea of Istar to explore the Maelstrom, and they made it about they made it nearly a mile offshore before the engine broke down and then the tide just carried them farther and farther towards the maelstrom and they would have been lost entirely if some minotaur traders hadn't come along at just the right moment. So consider this my my thank you to your kind from my kind. Uh, and then she turns towards Alisane and says, uh, so that would be five silvers, please, miss. Oh, yes, of course. Absolutely. And I'll take out five silver from my bag, um, my very heavy little little bag, and hand it over. Uh, uh, oh, and you, sir, she says, turning towards Leander. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. I have that, too. That's fine. I can pay for his. Oh. Okay. Will you two be sharing a room, she says, wondering what the status of your relationship is? Yeah, well, if we can get separate ones. Oh, we can. Yes, yes. Yes, um, separate is fine. Um, combined is fine as, as fine as well. Um, we don't have any problem with that, do we, Amanda? Uh, let's get separate. Okay, sure. Okay, perfect. Everybody, follow me. She hops off her little stool and and heads up the stairs. Uh, Kyrus, you're gonna have to duck way down low to get up these stairs, but uh, you make it to the top. There's. Uh, there's four, four doors at the top of the stairs. One of them, the one at the far end, uh, that's the room that has Vel and Vidalia in it. So she will give, um, Kyrus the room that's directly across from Vel and Vidalia. And then, no, I'm sorry. She'll give you, she'll give, um, Kyrus the room that's directly next to Vidalia and, um, and Velzelic. And then Alisane and Leander, you can have the two rooms that are on the opposite side of the hall. So you'll be side by side. Okay. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, please, please, no, no casting spells in the inn. Oh, why is that? Because I, I've heard, I've heard that wizards sometimes lose control of their spells and they end up with fireballs everywhere. And just if, if you're going to do any magic, please do it outside. Well, lucky for you, I'm a sorcerer, not a wizard. Oh, what's the difference? Myself. Oh, well, do you have about three hours? No, not not especially. Uh, can, you, can you sum it up for me in ten words or less? Yep, give me just a minute. Alisane is just going to stare at Leander just very pointedly as he's doing this. He's literally <laughs> opening his notebook and writing down ten words. <laughs> Rosalie to the gnome is wondering what she's gotten herself into and wish she had just kept her mouth shut about it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, Kyrus hears this going on and just turns and walks to his room. <laughs> See you in a minute. See you in a minute, buddy. He uh, nods and kind of snorts. <laughs> okay, you ready? Oh, oh, are, are you? Did you really do it? I really did it. Uh, okay. <laughs> she gets her, her hands ready to count on her little gnome fingers. Sorcerers are naturally magical, and wizards are stinky little bookworms. I'm sorry, what? I don't know if bookworms is one word or two. It's one. Oh, okay. In that case, ten words. Very good. Thanks. That Thanks. was amazing. <laughs> Thank you for wow. clarifying. Now wow, I Leander. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, witnessing the tension between the two of them, Rosalita excuses herself. Okay, probably a good, it's probably a good thing you guys got two rooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I go into my room and close the door. First night, there's a murder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I wonder who the culprit was. <laughs> it becomes a completely different uh, module in Crint. <laughs> okay, before, so... Before sorry. Leander goes into his room... Um, Alison is gonna stop him really quick and grab him by the shoulder, just gently but pointedly. And she's going to say, "Did you just introduce me as a sorcerer?" No. You did. You did to the the barkeep. You said that we were sorcerers. No, I said I was a sorcerer. You said you were, 
Are you sure? Yes. Okay, I'm just making sure, because I do, I do not want to be labeled as a sorcerer when I am a wizard. It's very important. This, this distinction is very important, Leander. All right, I'm going to head to bed. Good night, okay. Alistair. Good night. Good night, darling. Keep Good being night. you. Uh-huh. Okay, well, it's about 11 o'clock in the morning, so you're probably not going to sleep Whoops. at this point. <laughs> Unless you're going to take mean... a midday nap. I mean, have a great morning, Alisane, and I walk downstairs. Yeah, I'm going to take a nap. Just a big, long nap, apparently. Okay, so, Alisane, when you wake up, well, let's say, as as an elf, you don't necessarily need to sleep. I believe elves can mm-hmm. sleep if they want to. Um, But regardless, your thoughts, of course, are going to be troubled by your recent unpleasant experience. Um, but once you've had your rest, Leander, you've, once, once you've all sort of gotten yourself settled in and napped or taken a break or whatever it is you want to do, Alisane, you head down to the common room of the inn and you find Leander and Kyrus sitting together by the fire. Kyrus is looking a bit uncomfortable in a chair that's too small for him. And Leander, of course, is just relaxing, looking comfortable as he usually does. I was about to say as usual. Um, good morning, gentlemen. Um, I am interested in knowing, um, what we are doing next. Uh, what is the plan? What is the breakdown? Can either of you tell me? Well, now it's the afternoon, so you wouldn't really be saying good morning. Good afternoon, uh, gentlemen. (laughs) Good afternoon, Hmm. gentlemen. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what, what the plan is here. Leander, and I'm going to specifically look at him very pointedly. Well, I guess that means I have to have a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyrus, you take it. Your plan uh, is to ask Kyrus. My plan <laughs> is pass it off to Kyrus. <laughs> he looks at you. Uh, well, okay. So he uh, sh- uh, shifts around in his chair and says, well, my first thought was following up on the lead that the innkeep gave me. She mentioned more information might be gleaned about the situation here from the blacksmith, and I was thinking that might be a good place to start. Yes, I wrote that down in my notebook. Do we just go now? If you wish to follow, then I would not speak out against having you with me. that's so kind of you, Kairos. Mm-hmm. It's like if you want to come with me, I won't actively object to it. <laughs> but I'm not. But I'm not going to ask you to come with me. <laughs> I'm not going to gore you with my horns if you come with me. But it would be a true honor. Yes, Leander, we should really go with him just to show support. I just said that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. It's, listen, he's trying here, okay? You know, he's <laughs> he's working with magic users. He's getting used to it. You know, he's just trying it on like a new pair of socks, you know? Just, we'll see how it works. Do um, minotaurs wear socks? That's neither, here, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very important. That's a really good question. These are the questions. Is it bad that I really want that to be a thing? Because I just feel like it would just make Minotaurs look so adorable having like these, because I'm thinking like leg really warmers. funky socks. Yeah, like leg warmers. I'm Actually, imagine Kyrus would like 
ankle socks with little pink like yeah on them. yes <laughs> hey his would have kingfishers on them okay um <laughs> But uh, actually, fun fact is that apparently the upright minotaurs that you see on the mainlands and everything uh, do have furry feet and not hooves. Apparently, it's a there's a different type of minotaur that have hooves. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. but anyways. Well, weird. we can we can get you some socks whenever we head over to the if you head over to the general store. I, I'm pretty sure the fur would would suck with socks, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Before um, you guys. Before you guys set out, don't set out just yet because you're mm-hmm. about to be joined by by these these two strangers you met along the way, uh, Velzelig and Vidalia the Kender. You don't you don't know them per se. I mean, Vidalia and Vidalia and Velzelig know each other. They've been traveling together. Alisane and Leander, you've been traveling together. Um, Kyrus, you're new to the group, but you're sort of adjacent to Leander and um, and Alisane. You're at least you know, all working as as a member of or sort of adjacent to the Knights of Slamia. But uh Vel and but Vel and Vidalia are sort of the unknown factors in this equation of what's going on here at the at the outpost. But you've seen them in combat, you saw how eager they were to jump to the to the rescue of the people that were being under attack. So you know that they're at least, you know, they're not bad people per se, but whether they you would. trust them or not yet is up to you. Did they come down to the main, like to the fire area? Yeah, they come down to the common room from the from the stairs. So Vidalia and and Vel, as you're coming down the stairs, you stop oh. and realize that the three of your companions that you were traveling with are occupying the same inn that you are. Uh, Vel is going to give Vidalia a pointed look, and then move over to the next available space and just say, may I sit here? Um, yes, well, I suppose so. Uh, Kairos will nod uh, in approval in that direction. Kairos is always so nice, always letting people be near him. <laughs> Such a generous soul. He's trying to be careful because he's, he's minotauring and he doesn't want to scare anybody. He's. Let's just say he has a lot of... Um, he has a lot riding on his etiquette and his how he acts around people. Yeah, well, he, it's funny yeah. you should mention that since, as a Sivak Draconian, Velzelig in his natural form is is pretty much a match for a, a Minotaur. I mean, you two could go toe to toe. Now I want to see it. That's a good question. Do Draconians wear socks? Um, well, you could go claws mm. to hooves. Of course, you don't know this, but but Belzelig certainly knows how it feels to be treated like a monster by people. Yeah, yeah. The whole whole nine yards, people running, screaming in different directions, that kind of thing. <laughs> why don't you do a Why don't you do an insight check for me, Vel? Uh, Seventeen. Okay, so you notice that this sort of behavior from Kairos, you've experienced this, or you've taken part in this kind of behavior before where you're trying very much to fit in not trying to alarm anybody not trying to draw too much attention to yourself you sense the sort of same behaviors in Kairos they'll feel somewhat comforted by that actually it's a lot harder to pretend when you're the only one pretending 
technically I'm looking at the stats here and draconian, the draconian, they're called draconian dreadnoughts in fifth edition, but they're civac draconians and dragonlance and they're actually considered large. So you might even be bigger. You might even be bigger than Kairos when you're in your natural form. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is going to be interesting going forward. Definitely. Uh, yeah, so you're not the biggest and scariest Kairos. You just think you are. You know what? I'm sh- I'm sure he might be comforted by that fact too. <laughs> so Vel is Vel's going to sit down and just um. So is everybody sitting near the fire? Yeah, well, there's a uh, some seats arranged. You know how like in a hotel lobby, there's like sitting areas for people like you know families or groups traveling together to sort of sit and hang out and wait. Yeah, that's sort of okay, where everybody's at you. right now. Uh, so I was gonna say Vel is going to not go overboard but just make a little bit of a show of trying to warm up and just try to appear nonchalant as he says it's a chill in this place don't you think yeah it's not drafty i have a question this is out of character Mm -hmm. if vel is considered large in his regular form Mm-hmm. And he's currently using an illusion. Does that change? Like, if someone were to like reach over his head, would they still be touching original Vel? Oh, I actually can answer this unless unless you want no, to go, no. Megan. Please go ahead. <laughs> so, because I'm so used to not like, because I'm so used to like everything else with fifth edition, I initially thought the same thing. But it's actually not an illusion. It's an actual shape shifting. So that was actually my bad where in the first episode oh. I was worried about them touching his arm and filling scales. I realized afterwards, oh no, Sivax actually shape change. Okay. I yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm not sure the mechanics entirely of everything with it, but I know that Sivax shapeshift into the form of somebody that they kill that they've and, killed and they killed and also if they're killed they shapeshift into the form of their murderer for yeah. three days that is incredible huh it depends yeah. on the rules that you're following the draconian dreadnoughts from fifth edition don't do that thing where they uh explode um, where they <laughs> yeah they explode they don't shapeshift into the person that killed them the rules that we're using for Vel are a bit different. They're the rules from uh, Tasselhoff's Pouches of Everything from the Dragonlance Nexus. Mm. So the rules are a bit funny, but yes. Um, and I don't believe that you have to, you don't have to kill someone to take their shape, Vel. So don't worry about yeah. that. That's not, Actually, that's, that's not part of our rules. You can, I think you can just shapeshift as somebody you've seen. Vidalia, the Kender, uh, what are you thinking about this situation? You see, you know that your friend Vel is concerned about giving away too much and perhaps revealing himself or being revealed against his will. Um, and here he is getting cozy with these strangers. Well, Vidalia, much like they remember Vidalia and Vel's willingness to help, she remembers their equal willingness to help. She knows there's a bit of a difference because they're military um, but she also remembers how Sane almost died, and it was her and Vel that patched her up after the fight. Mm-hmm. But because Vidalia knows that 
Bell doesn't want to give away too much. She is going to stand by his chair, which I imagine uh, she comes up to like the arm of and lean there and wait to see if he gives her a cue to step in much like a much like a mom chaperoning a date she's going to wait <laughs> to see if there's a moment she should step in Aww. Bill's first date <laughs> I love and, it, and it's and it's with uh a minotaur <laughs> and and two other human or a human and an elf <laughs> it's a double date Triple date? Quadruple date? How many people are on this date? <laughs> One of you can take Rosalita. It could be a triple date. Or Sir Carl. Mm, that would be fun. Rosalita <laughs> seems to have a, uh, a fascination with Minotaur, so I there guess I'll go. bite the bullet on that. Kyrus yeah. and, <laughs> and Rosalita can go on a date. No, no, no dates. You've got work to do. This is the time for the time for business. This is not the time for fraternizing. Focus. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got, um, you've got a couple different options. So, uh, depending on how, depending on the, to the extent, to the extent to which Vel and Vidalia, um, trust these, these strangers, um, you can travel together if you want to, if you want to go investigate. But, um, there's a couple different places you go. Kairos got the lead on the, uh, on the blacksmith. There's also a temple of Paladine here. Um, Paladine is like the supreme deity of good within the Dragonlance universe. And Alisane, as a cleric, as a, sorry, as a wizard of the white robes, you would likely be a, not, if not a direct disciple of Paladine, at least sort of Paladine is an important part of your culture, the worship of Paladine. Yes, um, absolutely. And then if anybody needs supplies, there's the, there's the, um, general store as well. You could even go and talk to the barracks, talk to the knights that are, still here to get any information from them. So you've got a couple different a couple different avenues you can pursue. But I was actually gonna ask if um since things are being shifted a little bit with Kender, um if it is still uncommon to see Kender with magic. So yes. Well that's kind of a tricky question because we're sort of in a gray area between yeah. classic Dragonlance and the new Dragonlance. Yeah. I would say that a Kender who's capable of using like nature magic or even clerical magic or bardic magic is probably not. It, it, so it's not so much that Kender can't use magic. It's, it's more that Kender are so free spirited and kind of free roaming that they don't fit well into the organization of magic in Ancelon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that seeing a Kender using like music magic, like a bard or nature magic or certain kinds of clerical magic, that might not be too off-putting. If if she was to suddenly like animate an army of zombies, that might be a bit off putting. But you wouldn't really see them wearing uh, colored robes and in you know structured. Um, no. Yeah. Meander and Alisane, what do the two of you want to do? How about oh, would you two like to join us at the blacksmiths? He looks over at Vidalia and Bell. Yes, I think I will. Vidalia did say to me that I should get a new sword. And he looks at Vidalia. <laughs> Sorry, are you two together? That is so rude, Leander. That is so rude. Why? Just to ask that so just blatantly, it's very rude. You don't want to do that. Maybe I want to hit on one of them. Well, I mean, I... Uh, which what? one? Yeah, which one? I don't know. <laughs> it's a just mystery. What is going to work? Sir, we are here to work, not to flirt. 
I, it was just a question. I think it's pertinent to the conversation at hand. <laughs> I need to know. Bell looked very confused until he heard the word flirt, and then he understood what being together, or he thinks he understands what, uh, what you meant when you asked being together. And he looks a bit flustered. Uh, no, no, we just walk side by side with each other, not lay, we don't lay side by side with each other. Ooh. That's what you're asking. Leander is writing all this in his book. <laughs> huh. He's writing a romance novel. <laughs> Delia is uh, flushed, but she is hiding uh, laughter behind a hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to the blacksmith. Okay, so the yeah. group of you, uh, the group of you, heads out towards uh, towards the blacksmith's office. If you look at the uh, the map that I posted for you in the chat. Mm-hmm. You can see sort of the layout of the, uh, sort of the layout of this camp. Um, so where you're located, the Night's Rest Inn is, uh, on the, on the eastern side of the outpost. And the blacksmith is, is basically on the opposite side of the outpost. So to the west. It's not a large outpost. It's only take you a couple minutes to walk there. Um, so you cross the open square. You pass by, uh, right by the commandant's office. The curtains are drawn on all the windows in the commandant's office. There doesn't appear, if there's anybody inside, it seems pretty quiet. But you pass the office and you reach, uh, you follow the sound of an anvil, a hammer striking anvil until you reach the blacksmith's shop. And when you approach the blacksmith's shop, you see that there's uh, a large, a large sort of barrel chested, broad, uh, broad shouldered human man in his, maybe about his forties. He's got a bald, a bald head and he's got a big, a thick, thick flowing beard. Uh, and he's working, he's working at his anvil. His name is, uh, uh, Gabe Tunalor. Um, and you can see a sign up on the front that just says, uh, Tunalor is fine goods, weapons and armor. Kairos will approach and say, Hail friend, I was wondering if we might have some of your time. The blacksmith stops his hammering and he sort of slowly lowers his hammer to his anvil, looking at this motley crew of people outstanding in front of him. Um, he recognizes the symbols of the Knights of Salamia that you're wearing on your uniform, Kairos. Mm-hmm. Um, he notices, everybody knows what the white robes are, so looking at looking at Alisane, he likely will recognize that she is a wizardess. Yeah, he says, uh, well, I'm, I'm a busy man. I've got a lot of, a lot of forging to do here. Are you, are you customers? Do you need some work done? He, uh, turns to um, Zell and says, I did hear you mentioning your need for a new sword. Yes. Yes, I did. He pulls out his sword and shows it to the blacksmith. Blacksmith. I... Sorry. (laughs) Uh, I would just like something something a little with a little more edge than what I have now. The blacksmith takes the sword from you and he sort of Looks it over, tests the balance, runs his thumb across, uh, across the blade and he says, uh, across the edge and says, Oh, this, this blade has seen better days. This looks like, this looks like one of those swords that draconians use. Did you pick this up off a dead draconian somewhere? I actually found it in a ditch on my way out of the very small town that I'm from. I thought I would need some protection, so I kept it. Well, it 
certainly gave it more love than it deserved. And he says, let's see, uh, let's see what else we got here. Are you looking for a, for a long sword, great sword? Sir, um, I'm actually interested in seeing if you can, um, refine my staff and Alison will hand over her very pretty, um, like very white, like birch staff, um, that's been made to look like a, like a growing tree, essentially. And she hands it over and she says, can you, can you do anything with this? Can you refine this at all for me? I'll take a look at it and say, I suppose that I could give it a, a good sanding and a, another coat of varnish. It would certainly shine bright in the light. Fantastic. Thank you. Wonderful. Yes, that sounds good. Uh, he says, that'll be uh, one one steel piece. Oh, of course. And she will hand it over. Okay, and he'll, he'll take the staff from you and just set it set it aside next to him for a moment. Okay, and Alison is going to stare at that staff as if it is like her own heart <laughs> and just is going to watch it as he does stuff to it. Well, he's still he's still got Zell to deal with first. Right. So, uh, Zell, as you're trying to make a business transaction with this with this man, Alisane just barges in and is like, "Hey, yep. fix my staff." <laughs> but once once she's gotten her once she's gotten her business out of the way, the the blacksmith turns back towards you. So, what'll it I be? Knew, how long would it take to make my sword into something better? Oh. Make your sword into something better. I think I'd probably That's die of old age before I could do that. <laughs> but I could sell you a nice new sword when I forge myself. You won't find a better a better one uh, in these parts. And he'll he'll show you a uh, one of his newly forged long swords, definitely better condition than the one that you had. Natalia, you are hopefully the only one who notices the uh, <laughs> the jaw clench. In, in Zell's face that the, the unintent, well, I suppose they're intentional insults as nobody likes draconians. Well, he's intentionally but, insulting draconians. He just doesn't know that he, you are a draconian. Exactly. So that he's insulting Vel you. Zell is like just gritted his teeth that he takes the, the sword, his sword, his original sword back from the blacksmith and just is silent just for a moment and says, how much for a long sword? That'd be a fifteen steel. I will need to come back when I have more money. But it's okay. I will uh, spot you. Vel looks at you, and just in a moment, the the sort of mask drops, and he just in this very flat voice, just like, "Why? What will it cost?" Well, like if I give you ten steel. You ping me back ten steel. Leander. And all I have to do is pay you back when I have the money. Yes. That's very kind of you, Leander. And Thank hearing you. Vidalia say that sort of snaps Vel out of uh <laughs> out of that moment. Uh yes, that's that's very kind of you. I will pay you back. Thank you, friend. You're welcome. And he gives uh Zell a wink and then quickly gives Vidalia a wink, a wink just to keep people guessing. <laughs> okay, so uh, Leander, you're going to give him 10 silver, uh, sorry, 10 steel pieces. Yes. Um, and you got five, you got five from the, from Sir Carl earlier, so you should have enough at this point. Yep. So, okay. Alright, cool. I'm just writing that down so I don't forget 
Oh, I wrote it down too. This <laughs> is so threatening. That's something that's something Vel would be more accustomed to rather than just straight up Dederosity. <laughs> you didn't ask what my last name was. It's Lannister. <laughs> I think that's trademarked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the 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 blacksmith will hand you this a brand new sword, um, and as soon as you take it in your hand, Vel, you can tell that this is no this is no draconian sword. This is made by a skilled master craftsman. You can kind of swing it back and forth and you know, step away from everybody, but give it a few swings, and it's definitely gonna gonna feel better in your hand than your old sword ever did. And People walking by, maybe a night or two walking by, might sort of nod in appreciation of this fine new blade. Uh, under his breath, uh, Vel just says to herself, it's going to be so easy to stab people. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Can I hear that? Uh, why don't you do a perception check for me, Leander? Please. <laughs> and meanwhile, while Leander is, is watching Vel uh, practicing with his new sword, the the blacksmith is going to set to work on your staff. Halasane, he's going to give it a good sanding, a good polishing, work some oil into it, give it a fresh coat of this uh, this pale white lacquer that helps it to shine in the summer. Oh, good, the good, night. good, good. Excellent. I rolled 16, by the way. Did you get a 15? A 16. 16, yeah. So you hear, you hear Vel Izel talking about how, how effective <laughs> this will be at stabbing people. Which is not not untrue. That's not untrue. (laughs) So Leander's just going to stand there and nod a little too quickly at at Zell. And then uh, write some some more stuff down in his uh, notebook. (laughs) Kairos will not try to... um, If he thinks that conversation will um, distract the blacksmith from his duties, uh, he will try not to do so. But... um, at the nearest opportunity, he will uh, offer to, uh, will ask for any information uh, that could be given and offer to pay for his time. What, uh, what kind of specific, inf- give me something specific you want to know about. He says, I was wondering if you might be able to offer information about the goings on here. I've, this place looks in disrepair, understaffed, like, like it's, going through hardships at this moment. I was wondering if there's any insights you could uh, that you can offer. I would be happy to pay for your time. Give me a persuasion check with advantage. Okay. Ooh, 13, 19. Oh my goodness, you got a high persuasion. Hi. Uh, plus three. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, so uh, the blacksmith, is, he looks from side to side. He doesn't want anybody overhearing him. Um, but he's going to kind of lean in towards you a little bit. And he says, you know, I know that you're, uh, you're new here. And I feel like maybe, maybe you can be a positive influence on this place, but I've been, I've been stationed here ever since, or I've been working here ever since this outpost was built. And over the, uh, over the past few months, I've had the good fortune to become close friends with Sir Larson Strangborn, the second in command here at the, at the outpost. And, he and I have both noticed that it seems as if the commandant is sending these patrols ranging far and wide to strange places when what we really need is support here at the outpost. 
and I can't for the life of me, and neither could Sir Larson, we can't for the life of us figure out what's going on in the Commandant's head. But when Sir Larson tried to confront him on it, he just said, it was it was his business and not to not to bother him. And that's, the, to be honest, that's unlike the Commandant to be so brusque with his second in command. But after that, the Commandant sent Sir Larson out on a patrol towards the towards the town of Throttle, and he's not returned. I have to admit, I'm starting to become a little bit concerned. Should have been back by now. Yes, that is distressing. How will, how well would you say that you know how the commandant acted before the change, or do you have any idea about when this change in personality seemed to happen, or rather, change in priorities seemed to happen? Only, only about a month ago, I've I've known him for the past year, and he always seemed to me a uh, uh, a generous and honest and honorable sort of man. I never had any quarrels with him before. I never had any reason to doubt his leadership. He went off on a, uh, on an expedition with, with some of his men towards, uh, towards the art outpost at Gargath and only Sir Brenton returned. He claimed that the others had been waylaid by draconians and killed. <sighs> and since then, he hasn't been the same. I, I thought at first that Maybe he was just upset with himself or feeling the loss of his men, but the more time goes by, the, the stranger he becomes. Mm. Without Sir Larson here to act as second in command, Sir Brenton is, doesn't, doesn't seem to be living up to his role. Mm. I appreciate you sharing this information with me. Um, is there anything else you can think of that, that might help us look into the matter should we decide to? He says, well, you might want to speak to Brother Trampus over at the, the Temple of Paladine. And he, he gestures, um, to the south where the Temple of Paladine is located. He Sorry, says, did you say Trampus? Yes. Trampus. Interesting mm -hmm. name. Okay. He says, uh, he, he was good friends with the Commandant once upon a time, but lately they've become estranged. I heard, uh, Trampus, Brother Trampus was a little bit in his cups, uh, not long ago and, we were having a drink together at the at the Broken Shield Tavern when he he expressed to me how concerned he was about his friend's mood. That sounds like a wonderful lead. I appreciate all this information you've given me. How much for your time? Oh, n no, not no, no payment necessary. Just whatever you can do to help bring this outpost back to the bring it back to what it once was. I'll be grateful. I will certainly try. Uh, thank you again for your kindness. Uh, and at this point, uh, Alisane, who's finished working on your staff, he'll hand it back to you. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Miss. Thank you, miss. Uh, sorry. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to call a, a wizard. Miss, ma'am. Miss, miss is miss. fine. Thank you. Miss wizard. Sure. Miss Whatever you want. That's fine. Your wizard ship. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take the staff and just kind of test the weight of it twirl it around a little bit and then just make sure that it feels pretty much the same as it did before, which I'm assuming it does. Yes. So he's a yeah. blacksmith. He can't, he can't change magical properties, but he can certainly make it look nicer, feel smoother in your hand. Right. Oh, this feels much better. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Just nods his head. If we're finished here, we could uh, head to the temple and talk to Brother Trampus. Uh, I think that would be a great idea. And as everybody moves away from the blacksmith, I'm going to lean in to the blacksmith and say, 
So the proper verbiage is for a for a wizard is bookworm. Bookworm? Yes. See. Good farewell, bookworm. (laughs) Sorry, what? What did you call me? Uh, Thank you for your custom. And he bows respectfully. I put my hand behind Alisane's back and just usher her towards the temple. Sorry, I'm not sure. What did you say? They call me a bookworm? What? No, I I don't know. I I couldn't hear. Okay. Okay, so the group makes it uh, to the southwestern corner of the outpost where this small temple has been built um, to the god Paladine. Uh, the temple is, is, is made of primarily of stone, but there's uh, wood as well, wood for the roof, uh, wooden doors. Um, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem as if there's any services going on. The door is closed. It sounds, sounds quiet from within. I'm going to knock. Okay. Uh, you knock on the door, but, but no answer. I'm going to look at Kairos. He looks back. How do you feel about, uh, so in the no funny business category, right? How do you feel about maybe wedging a door open? Unless there's probable cause, like the sounds of someone being hurt, you cannot count on me to break and enter. Uh, Kairos and Alisane, why don't you both give me religion checks? Okay. That was going to be listen for the sounds of distress. <laughs> <laughs> Listens for the sounds of someone being violently murdered. <laughs> I'm to see if I had prestidigitation because I was going to make sounds. I can yeah. do it. <laughs> so, uh, Kairos got a five. Good job, Kairos. Very good. You need to go to church, Kairos. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Alisane, how about you? Sixteen. Sixteen. So, Alisane, knowing Temples of Paladine, you know that they are never locked. Yeah, no, one is for you to enter any temple of Paladine at any time. There's no reason for us to knock um, here, and I'm just going to walk forward and open the doors and walk in. Oh. Okay, I follow. Leander, this is a temple of Paladine. We are welcome here, always. Ooh, I don't know about me, but definitely you. Kairos and Alisane go into this small temple. Vidalia and Val hanging hanging back a moment. Yes, in theory, everybody is welcome in a temple of Paladine, but we don't know if those, do those rules include draconians? We're not sure. Mm-hmm. While they go on ahead, Vidalia will stay back with Val for just a moment and give a quick look around before uh, motioning for him to lean down to her level a bit. So I was listening to Kairos speak with the blacksmith. It seems like there was a radical change in the commandant after he went on an expedition and he was the only one to return and said the group was waylaid by draconians. Yes, this is this is unsurprising. I imagine he was waylaid and murdered, and it made for the perfect moment for whoever this Sivak is to take his skin and walk back into town. What do you want to do with this 
information. Do you want to keep it just between us for now? I don't dislike any of our traveling companions, but I don't know if anybody... I don't know if I can trust anybody besides yourself. It's one thing for them to be accommodating and generous around Zell. Bell may be a different story. Perhaps we should speed up this narrative of the the Commandant being suspicious and just gently guide them in that direction of finding out who he truly is. I will follow your lead. I don't want to say anything you're not comfortable with. Medalia doesn't want to out Val. <laughs> she really doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. Bro- bros don't out bros. <laughs> yep. So the two of you follow the first three into the Temple of Paladine. Vel, good news, you don't burst into flames as you step in. Um, if anything, you actually feel a rather pleasant, peaceful feeling as you step into this temple. Vel's train of thought as he steps across the threshold is something akin to, all right, look, I, I know, I know that I was part of the Dark Queen's armies, but I'm not anymore, so... If you're good, I'm good. Please don't. Please don't make me explode or take away my uh my disguise. Okay, and so your disguise does not drop. You stay the yes. same as you enter the church. Um, and the three of you who entered ahead of time, as you're moving up the up between the pews towards the altar at the front, uh, a human man, a middle-aged human man, comes out from from one of the back rooms, and he's got his he's dressed in his clerical robes, and he's kind of like got a comb in his hand and he's like brushing his hair and he's like oh oh i'm so sorry i was i was taking a nap i i heard knocking and then and then when i came out you were you were here hello i am revered brother trampus dragonhelm very nice to meet you hello trampus um we are here to worship simply um so if you could give us a wide berth that would be appreciated oh oh okay certainly well Sometimes, uh, sometimes silent, silent personal prayer is, is, is what's called for. I'll, I'll just be over, over here if you need me. Okay. Go, go, go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. Yep. That's oh, great. Thank you. Uh, Kairos is going to kind of shoot a glance over like, what? And, uh, we'll look back to him and say, uh, I'm terribly sorry, sir. Um, but maybe we could allow them to worship, um, but if I might have some of your time, uh, you might be able to help with uh, questions that we have. He says, "Oh yes, I I understand. You must have many questions. I I've I've heard stories of, about a Minotaur who had joined the Knights of Salamnia recently, and I understand this must be a very strange time for you, being a a." Race traditionally associated with the god of fire and vengeance, Sargonis. <sighs> but I want you to know that Paladine accepts, accepts all who seek him. I was once myself a soldier in the dragon armies before I found Paladine and became a reverend son. He, uh, his eyes widen at this and says, you then, I, it's, it's rare to find someone who understands my situation these days, it's 
I fought the Knights of Salamnia at the Battle of the High Clarice Tower. And when I was stationed at this outpost by the church, I was, I was concerned that I would not be warmly received. But Paladine assured me that good-hearted people will always, will always accept other good-hearted people. He sighs for a moment and says, uh, I was conscripted by the leader of my people against my will to fight in the Battle of Icereach. Oh, he uh, nods his head. So a terrible, a terrible battle. The leader of our people um, tended to send those of families that he considered rivals or not loyal to him uh, out to fight in that battle. And I was one of those people. But I was I was good. In, uh, the knights were good enough to accept me after I uh, showed my willingness to learn and to grow from my experiences. and. I have endless gratitude for their trust that they've placed in me. And he he says to you, the discs of Mishakal tell us that evil always turns in upon itself, yet good redeems its own. And uh, Vel, I want you to give me a perception check. Oh God, five. Okay, so you're so focused, you don't hear these impassioned words of wisdom that might directly... Uh, affect your particular situation, but you're just so you're just so caught up in your own thoughts. You don't even hear it. Yeah, I think Vel is uh, partially caught up in his own thoughts, but also is just in this kind of ridiculousness, almost expecting Paladine to like leap out at every corner. He's <laughs> 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 so just shadow, like oh. <laughs> he's hiding behind that door. Ah, <laughs> oh, God, that All beam right. looks. Just like it could be Paladine. <laughs> Leander, what are you up to? Leander is looking at Alisane as she prays and goes over and is just sort of listening to Kairos and Brother Trampas talk and writing in his notebook. Kairos will uh, continue for a moment and say, um, I was advised um if i wish wish to know anything um more about the situations uh around this settlement um the recent changes in situation with the commandant and everything going on around here that uh i might speak with you i was wondering if you could give any insight to any sudden changes or anything that you could offer that might help us to assist uh this outpost um in any way uh why don't you give me a uh, another persuasion check with advantage okay boy am i glad you said advantage (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, what is that that is uh, a oh natural 20 holy oh Uh, wow 23 he tells you his entire life story (laughs) <laughs> no, he, he says to you uh, he says well to be perfectly honest the commandant I once considered him a dear friend I met him shortly after I was taken prisoner by the Knights of Salamia following the Battle of the High Clarice Tower and he was he was always very kind to me even though I was an enemy he treated me very well and it was him who sent the clerics of Paladine to speak to me and 
ultimately they're the ones who convinced me to leave to leave evil behind and to become a revered son of the platinum dragon so when i was to be posted i knew i wanted to come here so that i could be close to sir brenton and he and i had an excellent friendship he we would have dinner together often and he would come to all my sermons and give me give me his thoughts on what i had said and he would ask me for my advice and but then about a month ago he just stopped coming to services altogether it was like he didn't even want to set foot in the temple of paladine i used to to try to visit him in his office or to see if he wanted to to dine with me or have a drink with me and he he looked at me like he didn't even know who i was this is troubling information i know that he had a a difficult time with with the loss of his soldiers on patrol but he's lost he's lost other men and he's usually come to me for solace and spiritual guidance in those times and but not this time he just shut himself away from everyone everyone who wanted to help him all his friends here at the outpost it is perhaps understandable the trauma of loss affects all differently and weighs heavy on the heart i'm it could be that the loss is has changed him in some way and Vidalia and Vel, what are you two up to? When Vidalia hears the conversation shift uh, to the commandant, she would grab uh, Zell's attention and nod in their direction and sort of, with a comforting look, uh, try to impart onto Vel that... Paladine isn't coming for you. It's fine. <laughs> you did it all with a look. Uh, Just like a like a smile and a knowing, comforting pat of the hand, and then a more pointed look and a nod toward the conversation that's important about the man we know to not be who he says he is. So Vel. It- it does work. It uh, the beam still looks a little bit suspicious, but turns uh, <laughs> his attention um, over to to Kyrus and um, Brother Trampus, and just kind of moves over and and Velzeli will just say, "I will say it's it's strange. I I come from a very small, very human farming town. Uh, you've." Likely never heard of it, but oh, I've, we I've actually always... traveled. I've traveled many lands. Try me. You might, oh. you might be surprised. Well, I I will tell you one of our most famous sayings, uh, and I think it is applicable here, um, which is that a a shepherd will never will never not look. For any missing sheep, for any missing sheep that go missing, will often find a wolf hiding nearby, and I think that's very appropriate. I, I have always heard many humans, people talking about how the Knights of Salamnia look after their flock. I, I find it strange that this uh, commandant doesn't seem all that concerned 
with the remaining members of his flock. I mean, Don't it's you? true. I do say that all the time, so... Uh, Brother Trampus is trying to follow your metaphor as you're, <laughs> as you're elaborating. Is that, so, so where you're from and a sheep goes lost, nobody looks for it. Is that what you're saying? No, the saying is when a sheep <laughs> goes lost from the herd, uh, everybody gets their wheelbarrows and searches until they find something to replace it. Oh. Perfectly that's, a bookworm. Alice Alice just stares at Leander like he's he's insane. She has no idea what he's talking about. Vidalia has a similar look on her face, looking between Vel and Leander. Leander trying gives, to follow these metaphors. Leander gives the biggest smile and just pats Zell's arm. <laughs> Vel um Vel pats Leander on the back, maybe a little bit too hard as he's distracted. Yes, exactly. What I'm trying to say is that the Commandant is the shepherd for everybody here. Why is he not looking for his missing flock? Why is he not tending to the flock he has? It's very different, very very much not what I expected to meet an honorable knight. Are you saying that perhaps the shepherd has become the wolf? I hope not, but if this is out of character for him, maybe we should be wary of any wolves. He says, well, I will I will certainly pray to Paladine for guidance. Or we could, you know, maybe you could guide us to some people we could talk to about the Commandant, and so we can investigate more. And uh, he says, well, if you wanted to know about the Commandant, I would suggest going and speaking to the knights at the barracks. They know him better than anyone. Or we could all put our heads together and pray to Paladine. Uh, that's answer. a good idea. Mm-hmm. Should, we all, should we all gather hands? Uh, yes, of course. And, and uh, Alisane just takes his hand like like it's normal. Okay, so, Brother Trampus has Alisane on one side and Kairos on the other. Um, slowly grabs the nearest hand. <laughs> his expression on his face very similar to a non-religious person when they eat dinner with people who say grace. <laughs> yes. Everyone, please clear your mind, remove all thoughts from your brain, and just let it happen. Let it flow in. Okay, Leander, Vidalia, are you going to get in on this? Vidalia takes a moment to register the height difference between everyone's hands and her hand. I just look at Vidalia. <laughs> Are we doing this? Can't hurt? I don't think. Uh, okay. Leander, put your hand in. Yeah, it's not a... <laughs> just do it! Okay, <laughs> I take Vidalia's hand and uh, Alice's hand. Yep. So and then I'll complete the circle with Leander and Vel. So as uh, Brother Trampus looks up to the sky, he calls out and he says, Paladine, valiant warrior, platinum dragon, ancient god of good, hear our prayer. Let not the shepherds abandon their flocks, or if they do abandon their flocks, let them find better flocks. 
or if the wolves eat the sheep, let the sheep become delicious in the belly of wolves. <laughs> and and also may wait, h- how did it go? And he he turns towards towards Belle. Perhaps perhaps you should lead the prayer. I was so moved by your by your the down home country saying from your tiny human village. Alisane looks at Vel expectantly. Uh, of course, I can do that. <clears throat> Fidelia smiles very encouragingly. <laughs> <laughs> blessed, blessed Paladine, oh, great platinum dragon who I have no ilk or any feelings one way or the other towards, but I <laughs> respect your house of worship. Oh, great blessed paladine, please see that any wolves who would threaten our flock are swiftly dealt with, and please allow this flock to have a shepherd who actually looks for that flock and doesn't let them wander into the mouths of hungry wolves. Amen. Here, here, here. Amen. Y- yes, yes. A- amen. It's a women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, and before the uh, the end of it, uh, Kairos will add, "Great Dragon Lord, please watch over everyone here in the coming conflicts that may come. Make sure to keep everyone safe." Alisane is just going to start rattling off in really old Elven that. Likely no one here understands um, and does a prayer. Okay. What does Alisane pray for? Success. Alisane is praying for success. Just in everything that they're doing, um, success at bringing back, you know, some kind of uh, un unknown knowledge, something like that. Just, just being su- successful on their mission. And that a sorcerer would die along the way. Mm. <laughs> I know that she'd pray for him to die and maybe break a toe or something. Lose his tongue. <laughs> I'm praying for him to become educated. Ooh. Okay, so you've spoken to Brother Trampus here at the temple, and he's uh, uh, his lead. His lead was he suggested you go to the barracks. There's also the mercantile shop, um, and it, it's starting to get later in the day, so you're going to want to be rendezvousing with Sir Carl in the not too distant future at the tavern. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should head back to the tavern and see what Sir Carl's up to. What do you think, Kyrus? Uh I'd say that's a good idea. I should have time later to uh, speak with those in the barracks, I imagine. Uh, we will probably be here for a little while, so I might have time. Uh, before we leave, though, he turns to uh, Father Trampus and says, I greatly enjoyed our conversation. If you are looking for someone to perhaps have a drink with and talk about histories. Perhaps I am no commandant, but if you are looking for somebody for companionship, I would be happy to offer myself. So you're not going on the double date with Rosalita then? You're going to take. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that brother Trampus. I didn't realize the uh, relationship with the commandant was that deep, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. You asked him if he needed to go out for a drink, looking for companionship. Well, it was, it was I'm pretty. I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought that. I thought it was okay. Yeah, I thought I wasn't. Well, hey, you know what? It's fine. 
Right. I mean, I'm here for it. You're single, I'm not saying single. I'm not. You know what? <laughs> Kyrus, you know what? he's a holy man. He has to know. <laughs> he's so big. Ain't nothing wrong. Um, <laughs> but love is love is love. But in this case, uh, he's just basically saying um, that, you know, I'm. We, we know. We were just teasing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Noting to oh. repeat. Hi, everyone. This is Megan from the future. This session ran a bit long, so I've decided to split it into two parts. Please check back next week for the second half of this session when our heroes at last confront the imposter Sir Brenton and face a challenge far deadlier than any of them had expected. I hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you for listening. 